Welcome to the Midnight Movie Club, your book club for movies. Uh, tonight, uh, we have an episode about bros. Um, we're mainly talking about bros, the movie, uh, but a recent little trailer dropped of uh, Mario Bros, uh, the other movie coming out soon, and we kind of wanted to talk about that. <laughs> Because I know at least I'm a super big nerd about, like, the Super Mario Bros. Uh, so I'm going to force them to talk video games for a little bit with me. They're both <laughs> so excited about this. But yeah, uh, tonight, I think I'm going to let somebody else uh, do the recap of the movie. Because I literally just got out of seeing it. And... <laughs> <laughs> I, I am still processing a little bit. I can do the recap. So this week's movie is Bros. Um, I don't know the director or, but did Billy Eichner write it? Billy Eichner wrote it. Okay. So Billy Eichner writes and stars in this movie and he's the protagonist of the film. Goals, honestly. Um, goals. <laughs> right. <laughs> He is a podcast host um, who is 40 years old, never been in love or a proper relationship. Not goals, but okay. <laughs> um, and he w lives in New York City and is on a team of other queer people. And they're all trying to open up an LGBTQ plus uh, history museum, which would be very nice. But at at a night at the club, he runs into Aaron, who's a very masculine gay man. Um, like where a Chad. Billy Eichner, yeah, he's like a Chad bro, and Billy Eichner yeah, is games. this like skinny, I guess nerdy history buff who talks a lot and doesn't know how to interact romantically with anyone. Um, and the two of them sort of hit it off in a weird way. They chase each other around for a bit and end up falling in love. <laughs> um, there's a love triangle, of course. It's a rom-com, so... Aaron has to decide between Billy Eichner or his high school crush who comes out as gay. Um, like he chooses Billy Eichner. Like literally yeah, out of nowhere. He, 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 he was just like, oh, we, I, I haven't seen you in a while. And then like after they left, he just comes out gay on an Instagram post. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, they had just come out of like a gay movie. He probably also might have had a crush on the guy. Um, mm. And like seeing him with another guy might have sparked some things. I don't know. That's the basics of the plot without getting into the specifics, which I'm sure we'll get into. Before we get into plot, I feel like we should talk about how this movie is kind of a flop <laughs> at the box office. Yeah. And Billy Eichner is blaming it on straight people for not seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a nugget of truth in that. 
uh, he kind of blamed it on homophobia. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But there is a nugget of truth that most straight people are probably not going to go see a gay romance. Correct. But I, it's clear that most gay people aren't seeing this yeah. either. So yeah, I mean, most- and then <laughs> like watching the movie. It feels tailored for a straight audience, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, it's very. It follows the wrong com tropes to a T. Right. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel one of the biggest reasons why it probably flopped. It's mainly because of the, you know, putting a comedy movie in the theaters instead of just. Oh, why don't you just put it on streaming? Because I think since it's right. a universal movie, it probably would have done well, like on Peacock. I think that's what yeah. the we haven't mm. we haven't really had a rom com hit it big in a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the true. last time was Crazy Rich Asians, which I don't even know if that really hit it big as much as everybody lauded it because. It was like right. inclusive, um, because well, it also, also feel... hit all the basic rom com tropes. Right. Mm-hmm. I also feel like Billy Eichner and even just the marketing for this movie in general are like saying it's like the first ever gay rom com, and that's just not true. Yeah, there's like bullshit. other. Yeah, there's like other better gay rom-coms in my opinion oh god i would not know i have not watched those so Mm. i would say the biggest one i would say would probably but i'm a cheerleader (gasps) oh my god i wasn't even thinking of that movie i love but i'm a cheerleader that movie it It got recommended to me on youtube oh my god it's but i'm a cheerleader is incredible yeah i just love that movie so much it's yes you're it's so, so right it's so great <laughs> and it's like billy Eichner just kind of forgot about that it's like come on really like there's billion or, other gay rom-coms but they're just not really pressed enough i think in terms right. of like big studio hollywood studio movies yeah this is like the first yeah. i i don't think i've seen a gay rom-com like on screen like on the big screen i don't think i've seen many that come to theaters um besides but i'm a cheerleader which came out in the 90s like 99 i think Mm -hmm. there's like just this year there was like fire island and then there was last year there was that like lesbian christmas movie with like christian stewart i thought that was just like straight to tv though that was on streaming but then i can also think of like those were both on streaming but then like love simon does that count as a rom-com because that did pretty well simon count as a gay movie yeah oh yeah it's a gay movie with the straightest gay protagonist ever i know i mean it's not like a problem whatsoever it's just like happens to be there i think the whole problem is that he's gay like coming out is like the problem of that movie no but a lot of isn't a lot of the pressure he faces is just like he doesn't get any bad feedback from it right 
That's true. I mean, but it's a it's a comedy. It's a rom com. It's nice and positive for the youth. <laughs> so yeah, I just I think it's a positive movie. But that was in theaters, and it did well. I'm I'm sure Fair it probably enough. did better than Bros. I just I now. feel like of those two, if we're going to talk about one that's tailored for the straight audience. Um, I think Love Simon was much more tailored to a straight audience. That's true. Yeah. I'll give as you that. it didn't focus yeah. on it didn't really focus on gay relationships as much as have a gay character right. with a very straight kind of crush. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I appreciate bros for at least showing different sides of the community and like going more in depth than most movies would. Mm-hmm. However, like a lot of it didn't feel authentic in a weird way, but maybe that's just how the movie was made. Yeah. And less okay, about how getting it was into written. The movie I... Yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Cause see, there, I'm there interested. Was... I, sorry. I'm interested to hear Peter's like thoughts on this in particular, once we get to it, because this is, this is like mm-hmm. you're the demographic for this. Um and yeah. as I mean, know, I don't think I am though, but as yeah, we know, I am the gay man. <laughs> um all uh all minorities share a hive mind with the other people <laughs> in their minorities. Like Avalyn and I are both trans. Mm-hmm. So like right. if if I said Avalyn, think of number, like I could guess that number. Or <laughs> here. Here, Avalyn, I'll think of a number. You guess what it is. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> number. See? She knew it was a trick. There we go. Hive mind. Exactly. But yeah, you were saying something, Avalyn. I kind of almost lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm Thanks. sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Just wiped our minds. Bulldozing people. Like, for me, I kind of feel that this movie, for, like, the first time, like, I saw, like, anything of it, I saw the poster for it as I was walking into the movie theater, and I was thinking, oh, this looks like a fake poster. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and based on, like, watching, like, the movie, like, there was, like, some aspects of it. It almost felt like it was like a fake movie to me for some reason. Right? Um, okay. Yes. In terms exactly like the like saying. like the way it's kind of like shot in a way, like the cinematography yes. just kind of felt very like uh, ba- we're back ap- to the Apatow. The a- it felt like, sort of Apatow esque like, which like paint by numbers filmmaking in a way. Right. <laughs> And I was watching an interview from from the movie. They were kind of based on spoofing like a lot of Hallmark movies in of a way. I noticed they obviously really wanted to spoof Hallmark because of like, that's a plot line in the movie. Yeah. Or like a joke in the movie or whatever. But like, they're not spoofing them if they're just being it. Yeah, you know, like like it just seemed very kind of muddled in a way. Like Mm -hmm. if you like wanted to make it like a spoof movie, then like all the other like sort of, you know, making it look like, oh, it's a fake movie. (laughs) It 
probably should have been more, I guess, more movie-esque. But the way it's <laughs> kind of like portrayed, it's almost seemed like it was kind of aiming a little bit more serious, but with like mostly camp. Because like there were some scenes in the movie right. that were very, let's say they were very like serious at points, like the scene where Billy Eichner's yeah. character was like, having a monologue about confidence and to me on paper, mm-hmm. like I completely agree on what he says about confidence. Cause we can have like right. a whole discussion about that and how that sort of um, portrays between like, you know, like a queer person to like a sort of straight sort of cis white, white man, for mm-hmm. example. And to be, it, it was kind of like juggling that to the point where it was like it probably should have balanced it a little bit better for me, but this is from a person I, who doesn't really watch a right. whole lot of romantic comedies in the first place. Yeah, I don't either, but I totally see what you're saying. It does feel like it wants to be a really like political movie in a way and also wants to be a hallmark rom-com and it's trying to find a through line between those things and they don't really go side by side so it just feels like there's two different movies happening at once kind of i don't know if that makes sense i think one of the big pushes of this was to be a rom-com it references Mm -hmm. a lot of different rom-com things it does the rom-com playbook in and of itself but it also has i think a decent discussion about being queer and how Mm -hmm. that shapes all of this Mm -hmm. um about like different queer relationships and how queer folk are different than straight folk even though it does once again play the rom-com notes uh, to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally don't pick up on things like some cinematography, but it seemed to me like it was very much trying to be the mass, like play to the masses more than it mm-hmm. uh, like an artistic or campy film. Gotta silence my phone. Jeez, I just got out of the theater. How did I get volume <laughs> back on? That's right. I was trying to drive home. <laughs> if I turn off the volume, I can't hear Google Siri, as I like to call her, uh, navigate me home. Uh, I I don't know about you guys. Um, like, I don't, once again, I don't know cinematography. I don't know um, most of, like, communication through camera. I do know acting. I do know uh, storytelling. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a very basic plot. Right. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. where it hits the points that you expect, it's not in the typical way you expect. It's not the way you expect a straight romance would play out. It is very much mm. based in the fact that there are two gay men trying to cope with like being gay in the world and how mm-hmm. they were raised mm-hmm. to interact with their um with themselves mm-hmm. uh the one main 
the uh, love interest in this movie was raised in a society where it wasn't really openly accepted or talked about. So he hmm. spends the entire movie, like, like he says, being afraid to take up space, being afraid mm-hmm. to put himself out there, or to do anything that's too gay. Um, and whereas the other man never really got that choice. Billy Eichner's character mm-hmm. was always kind of flamboyant, was always couldn't hide that about himself as well um and when it does it kind of when he tries to at one point it kind of blows up in his face that's uh the darkest hour of the movie um and he uh it's about like what happens when those two two interactions or two people from different worlds are kind of like hitting at each other and like trying to make things work um which I enjoy. It's the basis of rom-coms. People from two different views, yeah. two different walks of life, uh, meeting, falling in love, but trying to reconcile those different aspects of themselves. The You Got Males, the Harry Met Sally, all those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't... Like I said, it seems like mass popcorn appeal, but I don't think it really needed to be anything more. I don't know if it needed to be like an art house piece. Um, That's a, I, yeah, I wasn't saying it needed to I be one. I didn't think it needed to be art house. Like, I feel in terms of like comedy, like it sort of like needed to like sort of pick and choose of like what sort of it what they did need- want. I definitely picked that up in the early bits because mm-hmm. we started out with a lot of like family guy cutaway jokes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, that only happened in the beginning. Yeah. Really. It only happened and in it the was beginning. So weird. And it was like really campy. It kind of felt like it was it kind of felt like the the sh- there was a shift in the movie. Um like after that right. point, like they were they started writing a very different script and then it like changed. So the beginning right. did not set me up for the rest of the movie very well, but I, but once it caught its stride, I think it carried that out pretty well. Hmm. I agree with what you said. I do think that story is there, and I respect what I found myself feeling is that I respect a lot of what the film was doing hmm. and what it can do for people and impact people in certain ways, and I do think we should be supporting movies like this just because we want stories like this to be made in however many ways as possible, including rom-coms that are for popcorn mass appeal. Like that's the whole point, but I just think it could have been a better movie in general, like at the end of the day, but yeah, I don't know. And I also will say, and this is just my opinion overall, and I think he did a pretty good job in the movie, but like I personally find Billy Eichner so unlikable. <laughs> oh, so God. maybe I, maybe I would have liked this a a little bit more if I just like found the protagonist more as someone to like root for. I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense. Like I just 
couldn't like find him likable in like any in most sense i don't know i kind of disagree a little bit um i feel in terms of like the characterization he kind of was meant to be unlikable at first and sort of just like you know basically his only like biggest obstacle is that he is very like angry and very like Mm -hmm. sort of like pompous asshole like and just like closed off right and you know he's very like in a sense like very charismatic like he knows that but like he's always been like told like oh you kind of have to make it like this Mm -hmm. like in a certain way that like society kind of wants whereas um what was the other guy's name the muscular chad character aaron Aaron, like he was more of like, you know, very muscular, very like, like a typical like masculine gay man. Mm -hmm. But his problem was he just didn't really put himself out there because, you know, one of his like goals and desires is to like, you know, create like a chocolate shop. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love the little scene where he's like, I have to tell you something. I wanted to make little chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. And, <laughs> and he could just he could have just been gay buff Willy Wonka. Yeah. Which like... would just be buff Willy Wonka, depending on the version. <laughs> so I guess like the thing that's what I kind of liked in terms of like how it was sort of like played out in a sense without like thinking of like cinematography. It was more of like they were kind of using like their strengths and then their weaknesses and trying to like help each other out. Hence why it kind of felt, Oh, these were like a good couple and like in relationships in a way. Yeah. I think I get that. I think um, the parts I actually really did enjoy were when they went to Provincetown which obviously is where that really deep monologue from Billy Eichner comes in I think when they went to Provincetown is really when the movie shifts into like a little bit more of a serious thing even though there's that like there's that extravagant hilarious scene with Bo and Yang and the gay trauma roller coaster, which yes. I think is one of the funniest things that the <laughs> you made to the Obama era. But what's that around oh my the God. corner? <laughs> I screamed. That's I so funny. Screamed. I thought that was really funny, and I also really loved Billy Eichner's best friend. Um, in the movie, who he goes to like the clubs with, I thought. Mm. He was hilarious. And then when he was like talking about like the new dating app where guys just meet to talk about actresses and then go to bed, I was like, I want that. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, the Provincetown stuff I thought was really cute. After, Mm -hmm. I I think Provincetown. Like that's when I was like, oh, this is like a cute couple thing. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I noticed a shift in that as well. Like when I first, I, I don't know. I felt like immediately I had jumped to defense. I do have like a few bar- parts in this movie that I had a hard time like coming to. Uh, <laughs> not in that way. Um, <laughs> I had, I, th- I made the joke in my head and I had to rebut the joke as soon as I said it. Um, I, 
at the beginning, their relationship is very much just sexual. Um, and I'm a demisexual kind of sex repulsed person. Not super sex repulsed, mm. but um, I'm also a lesbian. So dick. <laughs> dick is dick is a, a hanging point for me. Um <laughs> Uh, in multiple ways, uh, it's I I don't do dick. <laughs> I'm, I hate dick so much. I'm trying to get rid of one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, seeing a lot of like gay male um, just going at it. Man, do they go at it in this? Um, mm-hmm. And they talk about it a lot. Um, and that personally, for me, was I was like kind of taking a back seat because like again. Dick. Um, I think a lot of straight people might also have some problems with that. Yeah, straight people. I okay, but here's the thing. I kind of applaud the film for going there yeah. because that is mm-hmm. very realistic to the community. Un- unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to take it. <laughs> there's right. a lot of dick the gay, in the gay community. Who could have guessed? There's yeah. a lot of. It's a bunch of really horny guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, like, oh, I remember the fact that, like, you can make a sweet romantic story or whatever about this nice couple that, like, overcomes their issues, but also just have it be kind of very sexual in nature very... and, like, very mm-hmm. open yeah. and, like, just in the vi- I don't know. In the which is I'm... weird. Which I'm very glad that it didn't get an nc-17 rating because if it was like an independently produced movie it would probably get like a not rated or an nc-17 whoa that is too much dick too much dick (laughs) we're gonna have to (laughs) oh my god Um. (laughs) (laughs) sorry i voice switch occasionally just for the fun jokes of it um uh one time Um. uh, i was told by friends i was posing like uh, oh, All Might from My Hero. Do you know All Might or My Hero Academia? A little bit. Mm-mm. A little bit? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. got this catchphrase. He's like the Superman-esque character. He's got this catchphrase of, I am here. And I just switched and he like <laughs> dropped all of them to the floor. It's one of my favorite party tricks as a trans woman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a little bit of an issue with that. But then I think about the Provincetown time was about the time it stopped being so sexual and started being an actual relationship because they started right. actually caring about it, it wasn't just like body it was also like personality they got to see the brighter mm-hmm. sides of the other per- people's personality he let his guard down for a little bit and that it, it was a good turning point in the movie where they actually started getting more into a relationship as opposed to just a fling right but yeah. Yeah, I just really like that part. But also, to piggyback off what Avalyn said a couple seconds ago, was this supposed to be rated NC-17? No. Oh, I just okay. know in terms of um, histories of like, with that right. whole documentary, the this film is not rated. Definitely right. recommend. Um, yeah, it's if a you great haven't. movie. Great if documentary. Dick is fine, as long as it's not gay dick. But... Yeah, there was a like lot the, of, but there was a lot of a lot of gay sex in the movie, and like there was also right. like there there was no 
they they was like nude, but it was all like upper shots. So we actually never did get to see gay dick. But right, I feel like it was shot very like. It was shot in a way that like it was never gonna get NC seventeen. No, like everything was very like above the waist. Which kind of shot? Like every time, like they were actually like having like penetrative sex. It was like there was a cover over them and like or we cut away. Could, like yeah. yeah, you could like barely even see like what position they were in. Which <laughs> they probably, which they probably film those scenes. Maybe they'll be in an unrated version of it. Who knows? Oh God. Unrated bros. Um, <laughs> which, if, if, if it, which is kind of funny because if this movie would have came out, let's say 2000 and let's say like mid to late 2000s, like I would think that this movie would have been a lot more successful and it would have had like an unrated version, which all the other like raunchy sort of movies mm-hmm. had as well, which were theatrically they were rated R, but they also had an unrated version of the movie. I simultaneously I like agree and disagree because it was the 2000s. That was like the peak of the rom-com and the like, right. Judd mm-hmm. Apatow kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it was the 2000s where we had um, like sitcoms still making gay jokes and transphobic jokes, uh, by straight characters. Mm. Yeah, this would have never been made. Yeah, but if it were to have been made, it might have been more popular. Mm. But it also, I feel like the content would have been like immensely different. Yeah, it would have. Been- it would. It would have not been. A political statement whatsoever at all yeah it could have like, been the, subtle enti- it could have been maybe subtle with it maybe like subtle things but they weren't gonna have like aaron reflecting in a museum like looking at pictures of like marsha p johnson and like how it relates to like what he's doing or things like they wouldn't even have mentioned stonewall also oh, oh speaking of stonewall Christian Chenoweth coming in at the beginning with a Stonewall hat. The Stonewall hat. Oh my that was gosh. Very funny. That was, <laughs> I was like, that was still at the point where it was very kind of family guy humor. It was, like, was like, family guy really? humor. Straight yeah, woman really comes on here me. with a, a Stonewall hat. <laughs> um, they, we got a little bit of that back at the end with like, the holographic night at the gay museum. Um, oh. <laughs> ben, St- didn't Ben Stiller go like, "Hey, queers"? <laughs> uh, and then he, uh, uh, like, Amy Poehler pops out as uh, no Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Sh- Amy, Schumer. Amy, Schumer. Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Amy Schumer uh, pops out as uh, uh, oh, what was her? What was the character? Roosevelt, right? Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. And then mm. Seth Myers is Harvey Milk. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? Oh, this is cringe. But it's also very much a mainstream thing. Mm. Yeah. What I will, like, back to bring it again, like, I want to go on the gay trauma roller coaster. <laughs> 
Like I would, I would uh, kill for that to be the real. The administration. I don't know if I'm like. I, I don't think I'd be emotional, emotionally stable enough for the game trauma coaster. <laughs> I love oh, that that actually got sections. made. That was not just like know. a joke. They made it. I it know, was right. a joke, but they also made it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Who was in the hall of bisexuals? Um. Someone was I in the remember. hall of bisexuals who's very important historically, and he was like, I know I've done all these great things, but I might have also been bi. Oh, yeah, that was like Leonardo it. da Vinci. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Leonardo yeah. da Vinci. Which is like, <laughs> that's a lot of people in history. A lot of people in I history. I know. We're like, but I yeah. might have also liked, li- liked a little dick or liked a little vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I found that funny that like all Leonardo da Vinci like talked about all that, and then he just ends it with "I might have been by." Like, <laughs> I thought this was the gay history museum. Let's go into why he might be by. But okay, okay, I get, I get. It. This is this is not an actual museum. This is a movie, uh, and mm-hmm. that is been as a punchline. Um, but yeah, I also really like. This was, I think it was, like, either, like, the beginning or, like, in the middle of the movie where, like, the trans character um, said that um, Caitlyn Jenner was the trans terrorist. <laughs> I think, because yes. me, my partner, yeah. and I, I think we were the only ones who were laughing at that. Yes. In the I theater. Oh, my God. I laughed at that, too. Okay, so once just again, like, I live oh in the God. South. There is only me and two other people in this movie when I went to go see it. <laughs> yeah, there and were I was, people in my theater. So I was laughing and just, I was being as loud as I could, um, <laughs> as I wanted to be, because uh, I claim this as a queer person. This is my movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one of the other things I, I really liked about it, because it is, it is a gay rom-com with like two guys, but it also focuses a lot about like the queer experience, mainly Mm -hmm. focused through the lens of like two gay men, but it talks a lot about that. We get Mm -hmm. a conversation about like gay, queer anger, um, and how oftentimes we misplace it at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We get conversations. um, The thing that made me cry uh, was when he was talking about there are people who deserve to live long enough to see this. Um, and just like the difference in like how you're raised uh, can make such a big impact on it because that's part of like the discussion about the differences between these two. Um, one mm. was raised in a very gay accepting family um, about and he goes into a long speech about how his parents took him to see a gay play where it is an orgy at the beginning. Um, with dinner with the in-laws. <laughs> I, I think he chose that very particularly to make yeah. them feel uncomfortable. Um, which is a little bit of a dick move. But it's also a little bit of mm-hmm. a, it was a little bit of a dick move to ask him to tone down the gay. Um, mm. It was... It... But there's a lot of conversation about, like, how you're raised, how that affects how you see this stuff. Um, And as somebody who was raised 
in a place where being being gay, being queer, all of that was not just not accepted. It was seen as vile. Um, mm -hmm. It took me till 23 to come out, to be myself. When I, I like knew I had these desires, but I didn't want to accept them as anything else as than a, something that was wrong or deviant. Um, something that like I needed to shelter and hide and purge from myself. And that fucked me up a lot. Wait, sorry, no F-bombs, no F-bombs. That messed me up a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so I liked that discussion, especially when he was talking about why kids need to see queer history. Um, yeah. I, I agree with that statement. I, I was going to say, I really, I really wish I, I don't know if there actually is one, but if there is a gaze, not one, I would love to go to a gazy, a gaze. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I mean, I don't know about you two, but I am a trans woman in the South. So I have to, I'm constantly paying attention to things because I need to know if I need to flee the state um, pretty mm. much at any given second. I don't live in Florida, but my state is only like two steps behind. Um, mm -hmm. So like having a movie that's talking about the damage of not being able to see yourself and how that leads you to hide right. um, and leads mm -hmm. you to control what you want, uh, what you will want to be that it spoke to me a lot. Um, and seeing like, not only just the two gay men, but like three trans people, three trans right. supporting characters. I'm lucky if I ever get to see one trans supporting character. <laughs> right. Um, I will say uh, as as a trans girl who TikToks, um, the the uh, one trans white woman being constantly online, uh, I, I I feel added, but also rude, rude. <laughs> I would love to add to that. Um, T. S. Madison was one of the highlights of this movie, and she was incredible. Is she yeah. the black one or is she the one that? <laughs> yes. I, I, I didn't even know if she existed. I, I was just like, I was trying to like differentiate like someone because someone I didn't really know until think, the yeah, movie. So like she's been in a couple of like she was just recently in Zola too. She's like oh, doing pretty well. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I did see yeah. Zola. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which I... So, I what, hope she gets more success. I think she deserves it. She's great. Something that might so. also contribute to, like, how much I love this movie and how much, like, I love seeing this kind of thing on, like, the main stage is I'm still, um, in a sense, a baby trans. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, like, two years into my transition. Uh, honestly, I started Hormones... Like almost two, I don't know if it was my two year hormone thing either is coming up soon or has already come. Um, right. But yeah, I am. Uh, and before that, I could not interact with any gay content. 
uh, both because I didn't want to tempt myself um, and because mm-hmm. of the circles I was in. So this is the first real movie I've gotten to see to represent that part. And the first time I've gotten to hear people echoing back my feelings to me. Right. And, I and think that's important. And I this think is, really this is like a yeah. big main stage thing. So this might be the first time yeah. a lot of people are getting to go see Exactly. That. And they don't yeah. have to go search up like straight to home videos or things that showed up on like Netflix or streaming. Mm-hmm. It's advertised. It's out there. Even if it is very poorly advertised. Cause oh, yeah. like we didn't get any sense of anything from most of those advertisements besides we're here. We're queer. Come watch us. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, um, that's why it made me cry. <laughs> um, I think that's very sweet. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I probably like take took the themes of the movie a little bit for granted since I'm like I've been out for so long. Yeah, I mean that I, you know what I mean. Like I'm a bit more comfortable with other. Um, I'm a bit more comfortable, I guess, with like seeing i guess i'm a bit deeper into like the gay yeah you've had plenty film you, canon, you've like seen I've, other... had, it's, I've had a lot of gay films yeah come in and forth but i do think it is so important like you said yeah that these movies get made regardless of the content and that people get to see them and see a bit of themselves in a big screen because a lot of us are not used to it like you said yeah. yeah. Also, kind of because, like, you know, both um, Peter and I are both, you know, we watch a lot of movies and we watch a lot of queer stuff. Even some of it was like queer coded and kind of almost seeing, like, oh, it's like now it's like directly, like, you know, having like a movie about gay people. Like, to be like, I feel it's amazing that they're doing it. In terms of like my like taste, like it just wasn't for me, and um, my partner because like I watched my movie with my partner and she's also trans and she actually oh, a, liked it a lot more than than sort of I did in of a way and like what um Amy was saying, you know, because she kind of grew up in more of like a rural part of Minnesota where I was sort of growing up in a suburb, which no, he's got a suburb of the twin cities, but I actually was exposed to a trans person through my uncle's ex-wife's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So trans exposure I got when I was little was hearing why can't they just be gay men? Or like, don't the shouldn't the gay people and the trans people have beef because trans people are just like men who didn't want to be gay? Literal quote from my father at one point. Well, not literal, but paraphrase of my father in a car conversation out of the blue. Yeah, there's a big discuss. There's usually in like for 
us three listeners not knowing there are some aspects of the queer community like there are some like heat between like gay people and trans people oh yeah and it's very common like they like would always say oh like they're just completely separate things and they should just like break off or to the point where it's just like all the experiences are different but the lgb yeah so yeah yeah we're not always agree in agreement but i think we're yeah if we know anything it's that we're stronger together there's a reason it has been the lgbt alliance mm-hmm. it's because i mean like like this movie points out multiple times i think uh, trans Billy women Eichner, weren't there at the beginning yeah yeah billy eichner has that whole thing at the end which i think is an important sentiment in regards to this conversation i think when he's talking to the other members at the museum and he's talking about like, we can fight all day long, but there's no one else I'd rather want to be like fighting with than you guys. And there's no one else I'd rather be supporting than like you guys. And he's yeah. talking to the other members of the community, which I think is nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to talk the Garth Brooks song, the Garth Brooks song. I was not expecting to get invested in this movie or this relationship enough for a fucking country. Sorry. For a freaking country song. That's how we get... Well, we're not monetized. We don't get any ads. So I can say F all I want. Um, <laughs> uh, for for like a country song. Um, as somebody who, who grew up in the South and adamantly hates all things country, Southern... Um, I was not expecting that to hit me as hard as it did. Um, Mm -hmm. I found it very sweet, if a little cheesy, but it was sweet. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I, like I, like I said, you guys have had a lot more experience with like queerness. You've had a lot more experience with these kinds of movies. So I am sure there's like plenty more out there that delves more into this thing. But for somebody Mm -hmm. who is just starting out, for somebody who hasn't gotten to see a lot of that and hasn't made the time to go like look for it, having this here um, on the big screen in theaters uh, mm-hmm. is amazing to me. I just wish the world yeah. was ready to appreciate it. Because um, as we said, it's kind of flopping. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. I think it is, it's not like the best, most amazing movie ever, but I think it's an important movie. I think it's a movie that even if you don't think you're you're going to like a gay romance or like see, excuse me, even if you don't <laughs> think you're going to like seeing this, uh, it is not just about like two gay men. It is about the experience of being queer, the experience of like how you're raised to view it um Mm -hmm. being out and engaging with the world um and like i said uh that his his speech at the museum at the end uh made me cry because like with everything going on i'm constantly bombarded with the new anti-trans legislation the new don't say gay bill uh that is trying to rip 
away the ability for kids to come out, um, to be out, uh, without mm-hmm. facing repercussions. I mean, in Texas, just being out in trans is enough to get people to investigate your family. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right that now, kids scary. in Texas are being... There, there has been mass mass quitting from Child Protective Service is in Texas because they don't want to rip rip apart loving families. Um, right. Just because they view things differently. But it's kind of like when all the teachers quit in Florida, now Florida's just hiring people who will do what they want. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly inundated seeing people like me um, being told that we're wrong, being told that we're not allowed to be around children, being basically trying to force mm. us back into hiding. Um, so seeing a movie like this with all its queerness, all the people on a big screen, it, it, it was important to me. Um, right. And again, this is like one of the first queer movies I've ever seen. I've watched queer shows. Um, mm-hmm. uh, She-Ra. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> She-Ra was great. Um, but yeah, no, if it, if it, this explains anything about my, like, process, uh, you know the end of, like, Avatar, like, Katara? Katara's, mm-hmm. like, Avatar, where she's, like, goes into the, uh, you mean the Legend of Korra? Legend of Korra. Why was I saying that? <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry. I cried too much tonight. My brain is shut down. Uh, when Ooh. I was little and I watched that, I tried to explain away that they were gay. Um, so I could still technically enjoy the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then I watched, like, right before I came out, I watched um, I'm Not Okay With This. And was like giddy for the first time ever watching any young love thing was giddy watching these two girls fall in love um Mm -hmm. so i like i said it's been a long journey for me um and right now it feels like an uphill battle so getting to see this was nice so shall we do ratings ratings um, I think I had the most positive things to say. I'd probably say mm-hmm. four or four point five. Well, I would probably give it. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Because this conversation, I probably would have rated it lower, but I really liked having this conversation, so well, I'm gonna give it a three. <laughs> yeah, originally I was gonna give it a two and a half. But after mm. having the conversation, I think I might just either bump it up to a three. But I don't know. For me, it's just like over time, like, will this movie be in my memory? Because before mm. a conversation, like it sort of like fiddled away with my memory. So that's why I was kind of asking, like, was this character this? Like, I like to me like it there were some points for me it just was very forgettable for me but in terms mm-hmm. of the conversation 
Um, it helped a lot just kind of hearing a perspective. Yeah. You know, and listening to so. That's it's either between the community is all about. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're here for. That's why it's like between like a two and a half and a three for me. So. Right. All right. But yeah. No, I brought a lot of uh, a lot of stuff I've been dealing with uh, was dealt with in this movie. So mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed it. Um, especially the the part where he's like being able to under or being able to see this when you're younger is part of why or is can affect how you like grow up. Um, and like mm-hmm. he's miserable right now. Uh, that part. And just like reflecting on how much uh, the way I was raised and the things I was taught has affected me. Um, and especially like my mental health. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about bros, um, which is about a gay couple. But let's talk about bros that hopefully, uh, I mean, hopefully it's not a gay couple because they're related. Um, there is fun bit of trivia. There was, uh, there was a, um, time, I think it was like early 2010s where a Mexican like satire article wrote that they had said Mario and Luigi were actually gay lovers and the world was ready to accept that now. Um, and that Mario (laughs) was filled with, uh, references to gay culture. Um, and by that he meant Goombas are balls and flagpoles are <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Obviously satire. Oh, wow. But this got picked up by so many articles and like so many uh Spanish speaking <laughs> articles that I even saw reports of it like later in America. Um you can look this up. This is a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> wow. So okay. there, there's our, our bit of gay trivia. Uh, not to Bobby in this moment, but... <laughs> we recently had the uh, trailer for the new Mario Bros. movie drop. Um, and as as a big time Mario fan, I, I could go over and grab like, I think I can see three plushies I have right now from Mario. Uh, <laughs> Avalon's got a little uh, Mario. Bowser. Uh, Bowser. I got Bowser. I've got a little Luigi figurine right here. Um, I also have <laughs> a little Luigi lamp right here. I'm a big Luigi fan. Um, I've got a mushroom pillow, a Yoshi plush. Um, Blue Yoshi, for specific reasons that if you've ever played Super Mario World, you will know. Um, I am I'm a big nerd about video games. These two are big nerds about movies. I'm a big nerd about video games. <laughs> so, OK, I'm not a big video game nerd, but the the one video game that I do love to play is anything with Mario. Yes. So I'm very excited for this movie. So see, I also love yeah. uh, the Mario versus Mario. I watched a whole video about that um, because apparently it's actually Mario uh, in Italian, 
So like mm-hmm. one of us keeps the like length of the vowel sound and the other one keeps the sound it makes. It's very interesting. Yeah. Again, my nerdum about video games knows no bounds. Yeah. For me, like I grew up playing Mario 64, Mario Sunshine. Um jealous. Grew up, you know, as 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 one person who said during the Nintendo Direct, growing up smashing Koopas. No, 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 no. You're way. Oh god. Wait a sec. It was I grew up smashing thing. Koopas. Koopas. <laughs> it took like a minute pause. I he was trying to remember what they were. <laughs> Which is a very kind of somewhat of a LARPing side, but that's we could probably talk about a little bit later. But yeah, just growing up, just playing, you know, like the 3D Mario games. Um, playing or watching like, you know, the YouTube, YouTube poop clips of like the Hotel Mario and like the Super Mario Bros show, Super Mario Brothers World Mama show. Luigi. It's Baba Luigi Mario or like, oh, I hope she makes lots of spaghetti. Luigi, look. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also just like, you know, playing like Mario Odyssey. Oh, Mario Odyssey is so good. I love that it's game. It's so, so fun. Very, just, you know, never really got super into the 2D ones, but the 3D platforming Mario games, like, growing up, I really loved. And, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was actually, like, you were, ra- sorry. Um, I was, ra- you were raised on the N64 and Super Mario Sunshine. Those were the two I missed. I grew up on, um, the Super Mario All-Star Collection, which had Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, and I had the version with Mario World on it. I still have it. It is sitting right over there by my TV. Um, And Mario and the Lost Levels and all that fun stuff. So I have been... I grew up on the 2D. Then I eventually got Mario 64 DS uh, when I had a DS. and then I got uh, Super Mario Galaxies. I think those were the first games I ever bought for myself. Um, and I have I have been in love. Part I mentioned earlier that I'm a trans girl with a TikTok. Part of my TikTok is talking about uh, queer characters. It started blowing up when I made a video about uh, Burdette and how she is actually trans. Um, technically... <laughs> Yeah, her name is Birdo. But when I said Birdo in the video, I got reamed out by a bunch of other trans nerds because Birdo is her dead name, according to the manual. She wants to go by Birdette. Um, wow. 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 Yeah. Shy guy impressions. There we go. I thought that's what Birdo or Birdette sounded like. Yeah, I think at one point, yeah, she sounded like so many different things at so many different points. Uh, and I made that about her, and I also included that Yoshi is technically like inter. He's not exactly intersex. It's more like medically hermaphroditic. Um, he is both male and female. Uh, 
Satori Iwata says he doesn't even know if Yoshi, like what Yoshi's gender is. Um, but I made a whole video about how they're a T for T couple and that blew up. Um, <laughs> oh my God. I love Yoshi. And now it's like, oh my God. Here are all the signs growing up, you know? Mario <laughs> is a surprisingly queer series. The toads are all, like, they, none of them actually have biological sex. So if they display a gender, uh, they, they are, like, born non-binary, and then they will choose what sex they want to present as. So Toadette is trans. Um, <laughs> Toadsworth is trans. <laughs> but yeah. yes um, yes uh anyways too much queer video game talk <laughs> oh on this God. movie podcast feel free to cut any of that out um but yeah i as somebody who grew up with mario i have been dreading this movie so much because it's by illumination mm. um Illumination is notorious for pumping out at movies as cheaply as they can and as many as they can. Um, so I did not want them to have their hands on my Nintendo property. Which the, is like really weird because because yeah. it's also like because it's distributing by also Universal, which also was also the movie Bros. It's kind of weird because like they mm. own DreamWorks Animation. It was like, why not yeah. have it at DreamWorks instead of Illumination? But I think in my sort of mindset, I think Nintendo just kind of wanted to find like the cheapest way to like make this so <laughs> they could sort of make it as like an advertisement for the Nintendo World at Universal Studios True. in Japan Woo! and in I Hollywood. So excited and Orlando, for I think. Nintendo World. Nintendo World's yeah. coming to America in a couple years. I want to go so badly. I want to go well, to the one be, in Japan, but I can't. There's going to be one in Hollywood and there's going to be one in Florida. I think Florida opens in 2025. <sighs> I'm a big theme park nerd, so I know this stuff well. Okay. Yeah, so that's why I was just kind of thinking like that's why they kind of went with um the net with um Universal because yeah with the whole like um partnership with them with like the studio or with, like the theme parks and like you know how to like advertise the Nintendo World at Universal Studios making the Mario Make a movie. movie. Mm-hmm. So but Which yeah. to be that's why it kind of made a lot of sense to me with that. Yeah. I still think it's weird bedfellows because Nintendo Nintendo is notorious for not cutting any corners. Like they announced Metroid Prime 4, and then they found out Metroid Prime 4 was not in any position they wanted it to be in. So they said, screw it. We're to, we're going to scrap that entire project. We're going to give it to another studio and delay it, but we're still coming out with this game because we said we would. They will delay anything to make sure it is absolutely perfect. So, like, the fact that there was Illumination who just kind of pushes things out um, 
surprise me. Like, we got a delay of Breath of the Wild 2, one of the most hotly anticipated games uh, for the Nintendo Switch. They delayed it several months to make sure they got it right. Um, Which I think might be part of what is paying off in this Mario Bros. movie. Because they took... Last time they did a Mario Bros. movie, they took a very hands-off approach. But at least (laughs) according to this video... Um, they seem to be very involved with this one um, to the point where their right. people are like helping work on the music. Um, and I think that is part of what talking about the actual trailer now, I think that might've been part of why it has been doing so well um, mm-hmm. because Nintendo doesn't, especially in CGI, which is what mm. all their games are in. They don't want this to look bad. Um, they want to make sure it looks good. They don't want another Mario Bros. movies on their hands. Um, which just like I was, like I said, I was afraid about this movie until I saw the trailer. Like I was a af- like hearing yeah. all the voice casting, everything. I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, this is gonna be another like Mario Bros. Or this is gonna be another bad video game movie with like all the celebrity casting but then i heard jack black is bowser and i was like that <laughs> that's bowser and then yeah. keegan mike uh is it key yeah from key and peel yeah he's toad i did not mm-hmm. recognize his voice um so that that hyped me up a little bit i'm still mm-hmm. i'm still need to hear seth rogan as donkey kong i completely oh, forgot about seth rogan as donkey think- kong that will be great. But they're all actually <laughs> doing voices, which yeah. impresses me, except for Chris Pratt, who's doing Chris Pratt, yeah. who's maybe a little Italian, but not I think very. He, like, I think it's a like a little bit of an accent there. I think but... it was like Brooklyn. I think. That's yeah, it sounded more like a Brooklyn, I like a like a New York City accent. Yeah. So the yeah. Whole, it seems like it looks beautiful. The uh, animation Mm. looks amazing. Um, The only thing I'm still worried about is the story. Because Nintendo is not known for their stories. Nintendo is known, especially when it comes to Mario, for getting rid of story. Simplifying it down as much as possible. Um, There is the Paper Mario community. Uh, Paper Mario started out as an RPG series. The first one was kind of basic it was mario goes collects mcguffins but it had like this quirky sense of humor and Mm -hmm. this this uh cast of characters um and we we just like people fell in love with that then we got thousand year old door which took that and cranked it up to 11 when it came to like stories and characters and the craziness we didn't get anything like super rpg heavy but it was great uh, Mario mm-hmm. fights a demon queen uh, who possesses Princess Peach. Spoilers, but for a who knows how old game at this point. Um, and then, like they saw that, and then the next game got even more into spoilers or more into like story. It stripped away all the gameplay elements, but it went into the story. And then the next time. With a lot of Mario things, they've been stripping it down and sanitizing it. So the next time they said, okay, uh, 
how much story can you remove from this and still make it a Paper Mario game? Let's get rid of all those uh, cast of characters. I just want to see toads. Miles and miles of unidentifiable toads. Because we had had toads in other games that all had names. These toads don't. Uh, these are just toads. You even find toads. And there, there's been a little bit of story added back in with the most recent Paper Mario, but it seems like they're trying to sanitize down anything that is not mainline Mario. Um, they do not like story in their games. And Illumination, again, will cut a corner wherever they can. Like, people love um, Despicable Me. Like, I remember everyone loving that story. But the main character arc in that movie happens over a montage, which is like my <laughs> biggest complaint with that movie. Like his coming to mm. love the girls all happens in a montage. Hmm. Um, so I'm still worried about this story and where this story will go. I'm hoping, since Nintendo also likes making like their things last forever and they are in here that that will help tone down some of the pop culture references that usually come out yeah. in these movies but i'm still worried about this story yeah i in fact i've actually never seen any illumination movie because i literally have no to zero interest in a lot of them like I know there's meant to be for kids, but me, I really love animation. So was Encanto. Mm -hmm. Encanto was meant for kids. Yeah. And oh my gosh. Yeah. And Anything like, Pixar is meant for kids. Well, except for maybe not Lightyear. Oh god. But yeah, it's just like Illumination. It, they, I just never was really drawn into the minion sort of design <laughs> of the characters. You're or not just, a straight white woman? Is this straight white woman? You don't use Facebook? You know, I like my animations that are different and very unique. But it's just to be like a lot of the illumination stuff didn't really like pique my interest really as much. So this will probably be my first illumination movie. Which it could be like their best movie ever, which based on the trailer, it looks it like is. the best Illumination movie <laughs> yeah. so far, even though it's based on a trailer. Watching. Yeah. yeah, the animation from this is like top notch from the trailer that I'm seeing. That's like my main takeaway. That it looks gorgeous. <laughs> even if Mario's butt doesn't. Oh God! <laughs> if, if, if they had to delay the movie by a few months just because to like to plump that ass, <laughs> plump that ass, to literally plump that ass. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, we've got to re, we've got to fix the model and re-render this whole thing, and you know. Because even though like it 
I guess, worked well for the Sonic movie when they had a complete redesign for that. <laughs> we just and the they ass. basically they 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 basically literally like closed down a studio just to redesign Sonic, and like that's like a whole nother like story that we could probably get into at some Ugly point Sonic. in an episode. Because like a lot of those visual arts visual artists those computer animated artists like they work extremely hard and yeah. just hearing just like the stories of just like it's like horror stories yeah coming like, out of like the marvel cgi camp especially i've heard like terrible things but mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what they went through to remake Sonic. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm pretty they, sure the studio that remade Sonic closed down afterwards because they went bankrupt. Yeah, that was like the same thing with um, The Life of Pi. Um, the studio or like the sort of company that did like the computer animation for that. There was like a whole entire documentary about that and just like they were working on this animation that was completely finished. And then they were just like the producers and like the director were like, Oh, we're going to go for another direction of the movie. So like, they literally had to like crunch in to like fix like everything or redo everything. And it made a lot of money, but like they didn't get like the studio, like the company that like made the animation, like literally got, zero to nothing on like the like box office revenue yeah like the only thing that like a lot of those visual art studios got money from was um was from the matrix where keanu reeves like donated some of his like money that he got paid from and gave it to like some of the visual artists which kudos to keanu reeves He's yeah, a very, he's a very really good, good guy. Honestly, yeah. they visual animators and just animators like the people who do these things have been so underappreciated. Like animation in general is just seen as like for kids. So I'm assuming this is kind mm-hmm. of they're basically doing animation but on the big screen. So I'm feeling like part of that like stigmatism not stigmatism stigma 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 that's stigmatism <laughs> that's an eye condition no that's a stigmatism <laughs> anyways um a lot of the uh stigma is like their background runs um nameless it, it it's incredibly easy to uh underappreciate what they do because a lot of people don't know how well or how much or what they're doing. right yeah but yeah we need a lot more a lot more respect for visual um and computer artists for these movies um which is why we should support more animation like the mario bros movie yes (laughs) and um support unions yeah yes please that's gonna get gets us take taken down off uh Oh yeah, we're gonna get like I I mean they really do need like a CGI animators union. I don't know yeah. if that exists, but unionize. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's like a conspiracy why like a lot of 2D animation hasn't been made in a long time in theaters. Is oh, because they, like they have like you? yeah. But I think that's like CGI being in the conspiracy. It's like conspiracy. Yeah. CGI is easier to produce and also um if they don't have a union, easier to manipulate. Yeah. Right. But yeah. Um, I mean, Disney got rid of their 2D animation like movie wing forever ago. Like Princess and the Frog was the last uh, no. 2D. No. Wrong. 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 Sorry. It was, was actually the, the Winnie Pooh. The Winnie the Pooh movie, which the came Winnie out in the 2011. Pooh movie. Winnie the Pooh yeah. was the thing they went out on. Oh, it was a cute movie, but it wasn't like amazing 2D animation wise. Okay. Yeah, but I love Winnie the Pooh. It was so cute. <laughs> I cannot not. Yeah. Oh, so you can um, not. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 one was the last one, just to like sort of clarify. Because I think a lot of people say it was like the Princess and the Frog because it was like the last sort of oh, like sort big of one, big one. And I think the Winnie the Pooh movie, which came out in like the twenty eleven. Oh was, yeah, I saw that in theaters. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it's it's more of just like they just haven't really marketed a lot of the yeah they were a lot of the 2d animated disney movies were just poorly marketed as well mm-hmm. so it's it's more of just like how usually i think it is marketed because i wouldn't be too surprised in like a decade or so that we could possibly see a resurgence of like 2d animation in the United States. I hope so. I mean, I'm. I love 2D animation. So see, I'm afraid. I'm all for it. Hopefully, in a couple of years, we will. But like every every studio is cutting their animation right now. Like Netflix mm. cut their animation budget. HBO Max is like in their big purge. They're getting rid of They're most of their animated cartoons. shows. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if Perfect. any animated yeah, nice. show. <laughs> dares to venture into more adult territory it's deemed as like not profitable unless it's like family guy uh comedy um so like we get a lot of shows like uh infinity train which is now apparently lost media um i mean you can buy a dvd (laughs) possibly (laughs) but it's gonna be through ebay it's not gonna be through any primary source uh, yo ho ho yo ho ho Infin- infinity train was a miraculous show that had like dark themes uh also i love that show season two was just a trans allegory um it was mm. great i loved it um in fact the cool fact the guy who created the show is from minnesota so in the first season, like there's like a bunch of Minnesota references in that first season, which I was like, oh my god, I oh, really oh love. Goodness. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, Minnesota <laughs> represent. <laughs> look at those so, cornfields. But yeah, I really loved Infinity Train. I would say the first three seasons were just like perfect. Like you- season four was like okay, even though it was very like gay but it didn't really felt like it was interconnected to like the whole story per se yeah 
I mean, it, it was, was just, it was kind of it was a prequel. We were trying yeah. to flesh out the story a bit more, um, and they definitely had more planned, so maybe it would have been more like included. But yeah, but yeah, like season three's ending. Mac got dark. Oh fuck! We see like, a kid get eaten. Or, or like literally, like there's actual like literal like stakes. Like there was like, you know, we, a we, character like literally like dying like in the middle of like the season. Not even like, die to get killed by one of the other main characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> like, so if you haven't watched it yet, Peter, you need to go see Infinity Train. Uh, yo, yeah, yo, yo, yo. I would like to. I just don't know where now, but I'll find it. <laughs> oh, there, 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 there. I think there was like a Twitter that there are some links to that hmm. you can go see. Okay. I don't know if it's going to be the best quality, but yeah, they're there. I mean, it might be the only quality. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's our conversation right. about 2D artists and CG artists uh, that spawned out of talking about Mario Bros. And it's amazing visual <laughs> art. Um, I'm glad that they're not skimping on that. Uh, I think I I'm hoping Nintendo's uh, Nintendo's love of visuals and like charm. They're not really known for like being super graphics heavy, but they they are known for creating very pleasant visual aesthetics and worlds. And, and then sometimes just throwing in what was that? They're certainly like delivering that for yeah. this movie. It's and then sometimes beautiful. you just throw in uh, PS3 uh, people into their worlds uh, and make you feel <laughs> awkward. <laughs> so yeah, that is our thoughts on the movie Bros and the Mario Bros. Uh, nice little theming this week. Uh, we're going to be <laughs> doing our watching for next week is uh, Halloween Halloween ends. ends. Halloween ends. Ooh, another spooky movie. You have okay. I'll be happy when October is over and you guys stop making me watch horror. Movies. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. But yeah, uh, I'm hoping there's not going to be another another movie with a bunch of sex scenes. Because we've had a lot of that, and my dimmy heart can't take it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where Halloween ends goes. Um, so if you want to listen along, share your opinions on that, make sure you're going out and giving uh, big corporate media your money to go watch Halloween ends. Uh, everybody, say goodnight and goodbye. Goodbye. Night. <laughs> Night-o.